Hi, this is Sharon and welcome to Getting Unstuck. I'm a spiritual coach, medium, intuitive, and tarot reader. I'll have weekly guests with inspiring stories of how they went from stuck to unstuck. My hope is this podcast helps you get unstuck so you can begin living the life you've always dreamed of. My guest today is Doug Moffitt, and Doug has worn, as he says, many hats. He is a chef, and I can literally attest to his cooking. He is an event designer. He is an AIDS education trainer who, where he trains the trainer. He's a performer, event manager, educator, and gardener. And the experience from all these endeavors have added to his skills as an international coach federation trained professional life coach you know what's funny doug is i always think that that sometimes when we're younger and we have jobs we really don't understand the impact it will have on our future so we were talking um earlier before we been began recording and i was saying to you how i have seen on facebook all of your beautiful um designs through your garden and the gardens you do for others rather because that's part of your repertoire of things you do is landscaping and i said and you plant seeds and it's the same thing as life coaching is that you are planting seeds with people as well the idea um of coaching and the metaphor of gardening actually goes right back to my training where our triad that we were training with, um, one of the guys called it the coaching garden because of my experience with gardening. And it is, it's about planting the seeds. It's also about all of the things that you do in a garden when you're working with somebody. It's, you know, helping them prune out the dead wood, helping them to find where the new growth needs to be, helping them to decide, you know what, in that picture, that plant doesn't work anymore. Um, so it, it really is, this idea of taking what they already know. I mean, they're this perfect, beautiful plant. They have no clue about that. And they sometimes, often when they're talking with the coach is because they have some lack of direction or some obstacle, some stuckness. And so they're looking for someone to help them to get past that. And I'm not a therapist because therapy looks back and wants to know the why. Coaching is about looking forward. It's like taking inventory right now of where we are right now in this moment and where do we want to go forward? So it's the what questions. And more than that, it's at the core of it. Who do you want to be? Yeah, what do you think? And I loved everything you just said and I wanted to ask you, what do you think um, are the people who come to you, what do you think their biggest challenge is? I think quite honestly, they get in their own way. They get in their own way. You know, they, they really, you know, we all are the experts in our own life. It's, you know, we really are. Um, the beauty of a coach is a coach can ask you the powerful questions that can get you to the place where you can answer the questions that you already know the answers to and find those answers. You know, Doug, I've noticed in my own business that the law of attraction um, works in terms of people like attracting a specific type of people. So I tend to attract people in my business who are either need to be in recovery or just starting recovery or parents of children who need to be in recovery. Um, 
in addition to people who are dealing with food issues as well. And a lot of people who are um, just kind of looking for a spiritual sweet spot in their life. Have you found a pattern in the type of clients that you have had? Or is it kind of a um, across the board kind of thing? Um, it's been somewhat, I guess the, the very thin thread that's kind of run through um, the, 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 the people that I've worked with is that there's some creative element to them. You know, um, the word artist is so uh, mis misinterpreted and, and misconstrued. You know, when you say artist to someone, they think, oh, somebody who watercolors or paints or does sculpture or, you know, dances or sings or does music. And we're all artists. I mean, ultimately, we all are artists. You know, the, the person, the woman who loves to work on her antique car and rebuild it is an artist. You know, and, and so the creative element, I think, is the, is the thread. The other thread is grief, grief and loss. Was, the, oh my goodness. Thread, those two threads have kind of, sometimes it's been this, well, yeah, they've, they've intertwined because there's, you know, I think about the client I was just talking about. For her, it was the grief and loss of having left working in the theater for over 12 years and now working in academia and the loss of that creative sense. And it was also the loss of this really wonderful work environment that she had that now had been disrupted because she had a new, new management and new administrators. And that would make sense to me because I know your backstory. I know that you lost your husband, Mac. How many years has it been now, Doug? I mean, it was just six. We were together for 30 years, so. Um, so grief and loss, it would, that would make sense that that would be the type of person that comes to you. And same with the creativity, because I, you are the most creative person I've ever met across the board. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I think there is, you know, like finds like. Exactly. You know, if it, uh, before I got sober and before I met Mac, it's like if there was a, another alcoholic or drug addict in the room, that's who I'd be attracted to. <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. And I still can be attracted to pretty crazy people, but that's yeah. like, but you know, but that's progress, not perfection. I'm always agreed, one hundred percent. I'm always um, interested in what lights people up with their job. Now, for me, I love what lights me up is when my clients have aha moments or when they say to me, "My God, I've never thought about that." What lights you up as a coach in general? Well, I think, I think the aha moment is um, like, uh, it's like the, the exploding star, you know, it's like, that's the great one. But when you can see the little ahas that they may not even be aware of, um, you know, the subtleties that they are, when they, they start, you can see their mind thinking, you can, uh, you know, when I've worked with people for a while, I, I get to know their tells. And I know when they're like giving me a bullshit thing, I can tell when they're really concerned or when they're stressed or, I mean, it, it's part of the coaching process is being present, but also being able to read and, and, and look at and watch the body. You know, we only, communication, verbal communication is less than 25% of how we communicate with human beings. The rest of it is body language and how we carry ourselves, how we breathe, um, all of these things. Um, so what lights me up is, you know, watching somebody see and change. And, you know, some, like I said, the zeniths are great for the big aha moments, but 
even just the subtle changes. I mean, I think of this one young guy who, um, he was part of my pro bono in my training and um, he, he was a professional gardener and a musician. And his idea of what a musician was, was pretty much playing music on a stage in front of an audience. And he could not, when we first started working, grasp what else he could do as a musician. It's like, I have to be a gardener to make money, but I want to be a musician. And he is now um, doing all kinds of like home studio work, doing backgrounds for um, videos. I mean, he has taken it to, no, I don't have to perform. Like I can create music, I can edit music, I can play with sound, I can then put stuff behind, and, you know, a, a YouTube thing. I mean, he really has found a way to tap into his creativity, his artistry. He still works days as a gardener. He likes that work. He's passionate about the music and he's found a way to tap into on a regular basis that passion. Yeah, that I think what you're describing is sometimes people get tunnel vision about what it is they want to do and they don't see that there are many avenues to do what they want to do. And I think that's part of what your life coaching does for people is to help them look at the various avenues that there are. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I am, you know, I, I'm my own worst in that, you know, I have like this vision of what a coach should be doing and how it should be. And it's like one of the things I came and like, I, now I've been doing coaching for about four years. It's been just kind of on more a smaller scale and I really want to expand it. And, I, and one of the issues is money. You know, the reality is coaching is not inexpensive. And the people I know in my life um, don't have, you know, the kind of money to do individual sessions for any length of time. So I'm really excited that I am going to create, I am creating uh, a men's coaching, group coaching. And it's as someone said uh, in a webinar that I watched about group coaching is it's more democratic. You know, you have the opportunity to participate. It's not therapy, it's not group therapy because it's coaching. Again, we're talking about, we're going forward. We're not looking at the past, we're moving forward. The working title of this group will be Men, Loss, Grief, What Now? Oh, I love it. And you know, um, with my experience. And I think we all have lost things. You know, it could be as significant as a partner or, um, you know, a, a significant other or a family member to our job, a loved pet. Um, you know, they're, 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 we, the human condition is ripe with loss. What we do with it and how we work forward um, and I don't think you ever get over it and get past it. You live through it, you incorporate it. Um, you know, there are still days I wake up and I just wanna cry because my, of my husband not being with me and not having the life I thought. But there are other days I get up and I'll see something and thought, oh, he would be so, he would be laughing. Um, you know, one of the things that happens to me is as organized and, and orderly as I am most of the time, I usually make at least three trips out to the car in the morning when I'm on my way to work. And he would sit and laugh because if I left once, he would like go. 
And I've even gone down the road and had to turn back and get stuff. But that's just like, then I laugh because that's like, oh, that's something we shared. He could laugh at me and I can laugh at the fact that we laughed at that together. I mean, um, so yeah, it, it, you incorporate it into your process. I just want to ask you this question. Why should people seek a life coach? Well, I, I'm going to stop you right there because I am like a linguistic like uh, warrior. Should is like a word I don't like. I mean, the neural networks and how our mind works is so connected to language. So the option, you know, should is like makes it something that you have to do. Um, I just did, a, I facilitated a 24, a 21 day meditation thing um, from someone else. And I rearranged, I, every day there was a task and I changed that to prompt because there's a difference between task and prompt. Task you have to do. A prompt is an option of something to think about. And I think that's a piece of coaching. And when it comes to why do people come to coaching and, and what is the value of coaching? I think it's, it's those little things. It's about helping people rewire their brains. And part of that rewiring starts with language and the words we use, oh, I've got to do this, or oh, man, why, why is that, why is that happening to me? I mean, I love the expression, why is that happening for me? How do I shift that? And those are the kinds of nuances that if someone isn't pointing them out to you, which is the job of a coach, one of the jobs of the coach, then you're never going to hear that. You're never going to be able to make those kinds of shifts. You're never going to be able to rewire your brain. So I think some of the value of coaching that I've found for myself and as, as, a, as a person who has been coached and for the people I, I do coach is that it really is a matter that we all are the experts in our own lives. We really know our answers. Quite often we get in the way, we get blinded by tunnel vision or by the glare of what the world thinks and how the world thinks. And part of the task that my uh, task, very kind of, part of my, my pleasure is, see I catch myself still, is the pleasure I have as a coach is helping you to break it open the tunnel and put up also the shade so that I can see, meaning you, the co person I'm coaching, can see the answer. Each coaching session starts with an agreement between you, the client, and me, the coach, about what you want. And then what's the measurable outcome that this was a successful session for you? So what do you want at the end of it? So it's clear, it isn't just, and there are people who just ramble. I mean, there are people who are not ready for coaching. They just want somebody to listen to. Do you think that people create a story about themselves and therefore become a victim of their own story? Think, I, th I, think, <laughs> I, think, it's, I think, I think it's really part of how we as humans on some level are wired, um, you know, that we just kind of get in our own way. Not kind of, we do get in our own way. We don't see the tree for the forest, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
And that's, that's the pleasure of being a coach is to help people find and see that tree, their tree. Um, during our pre-interview um, discussion, you told me a really great story about being a wedding coach. And I was just hoping you would want to share that story here today, too. Oh, it well, you know, I have a long, long history working in events, a lot of which were weddings. And um, there's a couple I knew that were getting married. And I thought, you know what? Jump try something different. So I approached them if they would be willing to pilot something that I had no idea if there was a market for, but I was curious about. Um, they both had been married several times. Um, they both were, well, I don't even need to tell you a whole lot about them, but what I did is uh, we set up a time to be together and I took a classic poster size so that if they wanted to frame it, piece of paper and I cut it in half. And the first question was, for them to decide whether they wanted to work landscape or whether they wanted to work portrait because they each had a half. Then we did a guided meditation, visualization, um, where interestingly, this is, a, this is a piece that I've got from my training. We didn't start with the wedding. We started with their one year anniversary. And so they were looking back on the experience of the wedding. They weren't planning it. They were looking back and what were the memorable things and what were the things that were important to them? What were the things that they valued? I took them through the process and we started at the year, one year anniversary. And so they were looking back at their wedding and the things that they remembered at their one year anniversary. And then after we finished that, I asked them a few questions and then in one, they went to two separate areas and they created a vision board. And the vision board is basically a visual representation of whatever the goal is. Then we sat down after they were finished and the groom looked at the brides, future brides, and described what he saw. And then she did the same for him. And what was so beautiful to me, and this is uh, I think a reflection of the fact that they were very spiritual people, they were on the same page. Wow. It was not about flowers. It was not about the venue. It was about people. It was about time together. And it was interesting, both of them, a big piece, like almost a foundational piece in each of their pictures and diff represented differently, um, was about their power greater than themselves, their higher power. Beautiful. And it was such it was such, you know, and I don't, I don't think there's really a big market for it, but it was a great experience for me to try something different. And um, I'm still open to doing different things. I don't think, um, you know, the box, whatever the box is, oh. of what the coach is, is not necessarily, I, I, I've never been a fit in the box kind of person. Right. I do know that about you. Well, and it looks like what you did was you took that, um, the wedding event, and gave them a different avenue like we talked about earlier it's like people get stuck in one way of thinking like i'm going to plan a wedding but really i loved what you did is you're like let's look from a year from now and when you look back i mean i think that is brilliant that is actually not uh, that uh, that's not my idea i stole it from a colleague who does that but he actually took it from 
uh, some work that he did with a woman, Judith Glazier, who has since died, but um, who wrote Conver Conversational Intelligence. And it's about neural networking. And when we tell a story from looking back, like we're telling it from the future and we're looking it back so that this action has already happened, it reprocesses and ch changes the way our mind thinks and how we create. Wow. So there's science behind it. It's not just- That's a woo-woo. There's a science there. Yeah. There really is science. I mean, it's not just like, you know, oh, well, this is how it works. Yeah, right. Like I'm going to vision board it, eat some bonbons and hope for the best. Right. So. so, Doug, let me first thank you for being here and sharing um, your beautiful gift of life coaching. And, and I know that you've done a lot of training in your life coaching, but I've known you for a long time. And I know that you have just a great capacity to be of service to this world and a great desire to be of service to this world, which makes you an amazing life coach. So I want to thank you for your service to the world. And to all those um, people in recovery that you've helped over the years and just all the work you've done in the world. It's just, you're, you're a great inspiration to me and I just wanted to say that to you. Thank you. So how can people find you? If someone wanted to contact you for, do you do, when you, when you people um, sign up for coaching with you, do you do a like a 15 or 20 minute thing to make sure you're a good match or how does that work? Yeah, I usually do, a, um, um, I usually do a, like what I call a laser session. So we'll talk a little bit about what they're looking for and then we'll do kind of a like 10, 15 minute, like by laser, I mean, it's like really cut right to the chase. We don't do a whole lot of exploration. We try and get to the core of something and then get them through the process. So they have a sense of how I work. And like you say, if it, sometimes we're not a fit and that's perfectly fine. Cause um, you know, one of the things that I have said is like, I'm happy to work with executives but if you're looking for somebody, if there is somebody who's looking to put another zero on their income, I mean, I can, I can send you to some people who are great at that kind of thing. That's not who I am. That's not the kind of coach I am. And it doesn't make it better or worse. It's just, I know what I'm good at. Right, right. So you're really there to help people get unstuck. Mm -hmm. the story of their life. Um, Tap into who they are as an artist. I think is if you were going to put it like in a like tap into that space of who you are as an artist, and usually you know it, it it's it's a cliche because there's a level of truth to it that you know suffering creates amazing art and loss and grief are suffering, right. and then you know how can that how does that intertwine with you and being creative. In creative, you mean in any way, not necessarily. Oh yeah, like uh, you know, I think we, you know, it's 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 the artist in all of us, and yeah. that means it's somebody who enjoys cooking, or someone who enjoys working on an automobile, or you know, tinkering with, you know, um, I'm going to try and I won't even try that metaphor because I'm not very good at it. But <laughs> tinkering, tinkering, we'll just say tinkering. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. All right, Doug, and how can people find you? They can reach me at douglaswmoffitt at gmail.com. Okay, and I will get that on the show notes. All right, thank you again, Doug, for being here. It's a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to see you're actually doing the podcast.